Welcome to Cornerstone Church of Parker and our Sunday service webcast, which is connecting you to God's Word anywhere over the internet. We're glad you're joining our webcast today and pray that God will minister to you as we share His good news in Christ Jesus. And now, with a message from God's Word, here's our speaker for today. Good morning. Welcome to Cornerstone Church. My name is Mike Jones. I have the privilege of being the lead pastor here. It's good to see you guys. Good to see you. I know we have many couples and families traveling this weekend, but I'm so glad that you are here. Hey, we are starting a new series today, a series titled Chosen. We're going to take a pause from moving through the New Testament. We just finished the book of Mark two weeks ago before the picnic, and we'll pick up again uh, towards the end of July with the book of Luke going on into John and then into Acts to finish up the year. So that's kind of taking a pause here. Um, this series titled Chosen, the subtitle is Finding Your Identity in God. And one thing the board and I did was we purchased uh, a 30-day devotional book that accompanies this series for every person in the church. Not necessarily just one for family, but one per person, okay? And so before you go today, I would encourage you to go to the little desk out there by the bulletin board where the signups are at, grab one of these 30-day devotional books. They are free to you, and they're a tremendous resource. Just to mix it up, mix up your devotions, uh, looking through it, it's like uh, week by week, and I believe they're going to somewhat correspond with my sermons each week, okay? So today, as I talk about God chooses us, okay, the next six, seven days in this book are going to be about God choosing us, okay? And then next week, uh, changed. We'll take on the 16th, it's Father's Day. We have a special Father's Day event for us, uh, for you that day called That's My Dad. So we'll take a break from this series just for that one day. Come back on the 23rd and 30th uh, to finish it up, okay? So please grab one of those before you go today. Um, You know, as I started thinking about... uh, Choosing. I, I thought back to uh, my days at Edgewood Elementary School in Fruitport, Michigan, uh, being, you know, eight or nine years old. And, you know, what is a favorite part of every second, third grader's day? Recess. Absolutely. I mean, back in the day, we had like three. There was like 10 o'clock recess, there was like noon, and there was like 2 o'clock recess. How many of you wish at work you had recesses like that? Oh, it's 10 o'clock, we better, we better go outside for like 20 minutes and hang out, play, you know? That would be fantastic. But recess is the favorite time of every kid, and it was mine as well. And so like a lot of boys, we would uh, go out and we would play football. Football is kind of the thing that we would do. And, you know, when you get out to play football, there's like, you know, 10 to 15 young guys. And, you know, the two best players, everybody kind of knows who they are, and they would be captains, right? And so playing football was awesome, but the hardest part was waiting to be picked, right? Because you're standing there and you're thinking like, okay, did I play good enough yesterday? You know, man, I fumbled the ball yesterday. I don't know if I'm going to get picked. And so while you're waiting, you're like questioning your worth, you know? You're, you're eight or nine years old and you're stressing. And being chosen early made you feel worth more. Like if you were the first one picked to a team, you're like, heck yeah, that's awesome, you know? And if you, but if you were the last one picked, you were kind of like, oh, all right. And you know what happens to the last guy's pick? The two captains kind of get together and they kind of barter. Like, he really stinks. Well, he's, 
He's even worse. Well, let's flip a coin for him, you know? And if you're that kid at the end, you're just feeling miserable. You're like, the last guy picked, and oh, nobody really wants you on their team anyways. You've kind of run around, but nobody even knows you're there. That's a, so you feel bad. You feel worthless, right? And so questioning your worth leads to questioning, or questioning my worth while I was getting picked led to, leads to questioning my identity. Like, well, maybe I'm the last picked or one of the last picked because there's something wrong with me. Maybe I'm not being chosen because there's something wrong with me. Maybe if I changed myself, then others would choose me earlier. Maybe then I'd feel worth more. And, you know, so sometime in elementary school, not sure when, I started changing who I was to match the preferences of the people I wanted or needed to choose me, right? And so who I was kind of changed over time to match and fit whoever I might be with. Even into high school, that girl I liked, you know, her, find out her favorite car is that. Well, that's my favorite car too, you know? Well, what do you kind of ice cream you, you know? And you start changing who you are to match the people around you. Kind of off topic, but have you ever seen the movie Runaway Bride with Julia Roberts? Roberts, that's exactly what she did. Remember all through the movie? She, what, what was her favorite type of eggs? It was always whoever she was dating. It was always his favorite type. And then finally, by the end of the movie, what'd she do? She went and tried every single way to make eggs, and she found that she liked such and such. I don't remember. And eggs Benedict or something. Fantastic. And so a lot of people do this. What about you? Can you relate to these stories? Now, granted, it's been a long time, some of us. It's been a real long time since you've been in elementary school, right? But is it possible that we never naturally grow out of this? Is it possible that we never naturally grow out of this? I mean, if we're honest with ourselves, then we'd say no. Okay? No, we don't naturally grow out of this. In fact, the posturing and pretending only gets more elaborate as we get older. Even as adults, we naturally derive our worth from being chosen by others. And so consequently, we form our identity based on what we believe will give us the best chance to be selected by others for college, for a job, for a spouse, for a promotion, for friends, for attention, and on and on. And so we tone our physique, we acquire the right skills, we go to the right schools, we wear the right clothes, we live in the right neighborhood, we drive the right vehicle, we send our kids to the right schools, we participate in the right events or hang around the right people, etc. All of this posturing is so that others would want to choose us, especially choose us over someone else. But what happens when we don't have what others want? What do we do when despite our best efforts, we're not chosen? More importantly, where do we derive our worth when not only are we not picked, but we're picked on and persecuted? And so beyond our gender, which we're all born male or female, and our name, which our parents gave us, where does our identity come from? Is it from the things around us or from somewhere else? Well, during the first century, some early Christians in Asia Minor experienced this. They, uh, they questioned who they were because not only were they not picked, they were picked on and persecuted. And so amidst this pain of this persecution, they basically put everything on the table, even their faith. 
And so the apostle Peter wrote to remind them about the truth as it related to their worth and their identity. And what he said to them will help us when we too are struggling with our worth and we start questioning who we are. Let's read 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 through 10. If you don't have a Bible with you, just quickly slip up a hand. Dylan will be glad to bring you a, a Bible. If you don't have one of your own, you can just keep it because we want you to have one. All right, stand with me. Let's read 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 through 10. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It's kind of the unofficial, official translation of Cornerstone Church here. So New Living Translation, 1 Peter 2, 4 through 10. It says, Peter writes to these new Christians. He says, you are coming to Christ, who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by people, but he was chosen by God. For great honor, and you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. What more? You are his holy priests. Through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. As the scriptures say, I'm placing a cornerstone in Jerusalem, chosen for great honor, and anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Yes, you who trust in him recognize the honor God has given him, but for those who reject him, the stone the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. And He is the stone that makes people stumble, the rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they do not obey God's word. And so they meet the fate that was planned for them. But you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Once you had no identity as a people, now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, but now you have received God's mercy. Thank you so much for reading with me. You may be seated. The first truth that Peter teaches these uh, Christians in Asia Minor and, and us as well is that we are already chosen. We are already chosen. So why are we worrying about people choosing us? When the people who choose us today may not choose us tomorrow, they might change their mind about what they want, who they want. And so if they change their mind, are we worth less? Who, because they or whoever they are doesn't choose us tomorrow? If yes, then we are going to have to constantly live our lives to please other people. Do you understand that? That if they don't choose us and that determines our worth or our identity, then we are going to have to constantly live to please other people. And this means that we are going to have to periodically change who we are to match their preferences of whoever we need or want to choose us. And this is what a lot of people do. A lot of people change who they are. And it's no wonder that so many people are confused about their identity. Many people, in maybe even including some of us here today, are changing who we are based on what we perceive others want. And when they don't choose us, we feel heartbroken and hopeless. But I have a question for you. Is that how God wants us to live? I mean, does that sound like the thriving, abundant life that Jesus died on the cross to give us? No, absolutely not. And so this is why Peter tells us in verse 9 that we are already chosen. Chosen by whom? By God. Why did God choose us? Look at verses 6 and 7. Look at those again with me. 
as the scriptures say, I'm placing a cornerstone in Jerusalem, chosen for great honor. And anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Yes, you, everybody say me, who trust in him recognize the honor God has given him. Truth number two is that God chose us because we trusted in Jesus. This is the single determining factor for God choosing us. It wasn't our physique. It wasn't our clothes. It wasn't our vehicle, our house, our job, our circle of friends, the church we attend, the neighborhood we live in, or anything else that we use to shape our identity to make others like us. It was simply because we expressed faith in his son and in his redemptive work of Jesus Christ. This and this alone makes God choose us. So imagine this. Imagine all of the people in the world lined up against the recess wall. Remember the recess wall? Imagine everybody lined up against the recess wall. And you have all sorts of people there. Many of them, most of them are posturing and posing and trying to make themselves as an attractive pick as possible. Okay, they're flexing, they're showing how handsome they are. They're doing all sorts of stuff to make themselves uh, uh, look really good. And so the captains come up and God is one of those captains and he gets to select people that are on his team. And he is not looking for those with the greatest physique or the, the greatest career trajectory or the live in the nicest neighborhoods or any of that kind of stuff. He's looking for people who have simply expressed faith in Jesus Christ. And as soon as he finds one, he says, you're on my team. He doesn't care what they look like, where they came from, what they have or do not have, what circle of friends they run in, where they were born, what their education level is. He says, you're on my team. I want you. He chose you. And he chooses people that way. And so, if you know anything about God, he always wins. And anyone on his team also always wins. That's why Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 2.14, Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ Jesus. God always leads us, no matter what our circumstances say, he always leads us in victory. And so the truth is, as long as we choose to express faith in Jesus, God's choice doesn't change. You could change jobs. You could change where you live, what you have. You could go from rich to poor, from good looking to not. You could go from the hot list to the not list. It does not matter. So long as you express faith in Jesus Christ, God's choice does not change. And as long as God's choice doesn't change, we stay on his team, which means we are winners in life and eternity. Regardless if somebody picks us or not, regardless if someone chooses us today and changes their mind tomorrow, regardless of our physique, our clothes, our vehicle, our house, our job, our circle of friends, the church we attend, the neighborhood we live in, or anything else that we use to shape our identity, God continues to choose us. And this is good news. This is good news. If there was anything about the unfailing, unchanging love of God that we need to be reminded of is that he continues to choose us every single day. How many of you are thankful for that? Amen. Amen. I want to give you a quick moment, to uh, three minutes to stand, stretch, and share. I've got two questions for you, and then we'll come back and wrap up this sermon. The first question is, have you ever been chosen for something incredible that you didn't expect to be chosen 
for. The second question is, how does understanding that God has chosen you influence the way that you live out your faith? Those should be up on the screen here and then you won't have to uh, remember those. It's, have you ever been chosen for something incredible that you didn't expect to be chosen for? How does understanding that God has chosen you influence the way that you live out your faith? So I'm gonna invite you to stand. Stand, stretch out for a second. Find somebody across the aisle. Talk to them about one of these questions. When you hear the music die down and the video begin to play, head back to your seats. All right, let's go. Amen. So what we've learned so far today is that we are already chosen. God has chosen us and he chose us because, simply because of our faith in Christ. It has nothing to do with our, our circumstances. And it doesn't change when our circumstances change. He continues to choose us so long as we uh, express faith in Jesus Christ. The third truth, let's go back to uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 through, th- 4 through 10. The third truth that Peter shares with these Christians in Asia Minor, remember they were not only not being picked, they were being picked on and persecuted. And so everything was on the table. They're questioning their worth. They're questioning who they are and if they want to continue identifying with Christ. And so Peter comes in and he shares with them these first two truths. And now he comes to this third one, is that worldly things have never defined our worth or determined our identity. They have never Never, ever, not for a single moment in your life have you ever been, your worth, has your worth ever been defined by your circumstances, nor has your identity been defined by those things as well. Look at verse 10. Peter writes, once you had no identity as a people, once you had no identity, now you are God's people. And so we see that, you know what, even these people, before they were Christians, you know, obviously they were born male or female. They had a name that their parents gave them. But from before then, they were associating themselves and, and changing themselves based on the preferences of those people around them. But God doesn't even count that. You had no identity, he says. But now, now that you have expressed faith in Christ, you do. And so we see that it is only our association with, as part of God's family that gives us our identity. And so not only that, but now that we have identified ourselves with Christ, we've expressed faith in his redemptive work, we are recipients of God's mercy. Look at the rest of verse 10. It says, once you received no mercy, but now you have received God's mercy. And so walk through, starting in verse four, walk through this with me. As people who have come to Christ, verse four, as people who are living stones and part of God's spiritual temple, verse five, as those who have trusted in God's cornerstone, verse 6, as God's royal priests and holy nation, verse 9, and as God's very own special possession, we have received God's mercy. Meaning that God continues to allow us to be on his team even though we're not perfect like he is. Because of our faith in Jesus, God mercifully continues to forgive us as long as we come to him in repentance rather than just simply kick us off his team. And this brings us to truth four. God continues to choose us even when we make mistakes. You know, this is not, this is so not like the people around us. This is not like the people around us. Even in elementary school, go back to those days of of playing football or playing games with your friends. You know, 
you remember that you miss a touchdown pass. You drop a touchdown pass. You fumble the ball. The other team scores. What does your captain want to do with you then? Trade you? <laughs> right? You guys take him. He dropped a touchdown pass. You know? He, the captain wants to trade you. You know, you make a, mis- a make a mistake, and it often meant that you and I were unchosen. And consequently, we would lose our identity as part of being a part of that team, right? Some of you have had people choose you today and then not tomorrow. Maybe it was because of a mistake that you made. And all of a sudden, you find yourself not on their team, not associated with them anymore. You've had friends, employees, employers, spouses, parents, maybe children or other significant people in your life choose you one day and then not the next. And naturally, this will devastate your emotional and mental states. But if you hold on to the truths that Peter was sharing with these early Christians, then God's Holy Spirit will, will come and he will strengthen you. He will bring you through these types of experiences as winners rather than losers. He will bring you through these experiences with your identity intact and your worth untarnished. Why? Why can you come through those things? Because who you are and what you are worth does not depend on another person's choice. Who you are and what you are worth does not depend on whether or not someone picks you or unpicks you. It doesn't change like that. The people in the video, the reason why they are up and down with their work or up and down with how they feel about themselves or who they think they are is because it is dependent upon someone else's choice. And if you know anything about people, they are fickle. Yes. <laughs> they will like you today and then not like you tomorrow. I know this because I teach in middle school and high school and I'm around the drama every day. Every day, kids come to me and they're like, they were my best friend, but now they're not. And then tomorrow, they'll be the best friend again, you know? And it's just insane. But as adults, we continue that, that drama forward and we forget that who we are and what we are worth does not depend on another person's choice, but on God's unchanging desire to have all those who express continued faith in Christ on his team. He wants us on his team. I want to point out one last thing that I think a casual reader would miss, but it's perhaps the greatest piece of encouragement that Peter offers to these struggling Christians. Um, He actually leads the conversation with it, but I chose to end it uh, for emphasis. Look at verse 4 again. He says, You are coming to Christ, who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. He was, what? Rejected. Rejected by people but he was chosen by God. Rejected by people, but chosen by God. Truth number five, Jesus knows what it feels like to not be chosen. He knows what it feels like to not be chosen by people. See, you're not the first person to be passed over by others. Peter tells us that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was not picked. He was not chosen by his own people. You see, the captains of Jesus' day lined everybody up on the wall and they started picking teams and everybody was posturing and posing and pretending. Jesus wasn't. They passed over him. He didn't fit what they thought a savior should be. And so they didn't pick him. Nobody wanted him on their team. 
And so any of us who have ever been the last person picked knows exactly, we know firsthand what that feels like. And anyone here today struggling with being rejected by others or their identity is you're constantly changing it to match others' expectation. God knows what you feel like. Jesus knows what you feel like. And it hurts, don't it? It puts you in a dark place mentally and emotionally. But look at verse 9. Look at verse 9. You are God's very own possession. As a result, you can show God, uh, others the goodness of God for He called you. He called you out of the darkness and into his wonderful light. And God does that today. If you're here and you're thinking about these things and you're identifying with it and you're like, man, this is spot on. I want you to know that God calls you out of that darkness. He calls you into his wonderful light. He calls you into that place where what you're worth and who you are is unchanging because of his choice. He chose you simply because of your faith in Jesus. Now, if you are here today and you've never put your faith in, in, in Christ, I want to encourage you to find me after the service. I'd love to chat with you about it and answer any questions you might have. Because once you do that, once you express faith in, in Jesus, you automatically become on God's team. You automatically get an identity. It's like going to the DMV, but way better and a whole lot quicker, right? <laughs> It's a whole lot quicker. Are you thankful that God doesn't make you wait? Like you have to at the DMV, it makes you take a number and you have to do all that. Oh, that's so awful. You come to God with a humble heart, with a repentant heart, accepting his free gift of salvation. You start living your life according to the teachings of Jesus Christ. He immediately gives you a, a not a literal card, but he writes your name down in his book of life and you're there. You're identified. You're on his team. And you have an identity simply because you're with him. How many of you are glad that God extends mercy to you? Amen. Amen. How many of you are glad that your identity and worth do not depend on another person's choice? Amen. Absolutely. How many of you are glad that God continues to choose you every day? Not because you're good enough, the best looking, the best dressed, drive the best vehicle, you're most successful in work, live in the best neighborhood, go to the biggest church, or have the coolest friends. How many of you are glad just God just simply chooses you? <laughs> Amen. You see, even when we don't have what others want, God chooses us. Even when, despite our best efforts, we're not chosen by others, God chooses us. And when we're picked on and persecuted, God chooses us. Beyond our gender, which we're all born male or female, or our name which our parents gave us, Peter's letter teaches us that our identity and our worth come from God and not from other people. Would you stand and pray with me today? Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. If you're comfortable with this, just lift a hand or two. I want to pray a blessing over every one of you as you leave here today. Father, I come before you in Jesus' name. I'm so thankful for the people who have come and worshipped your name today. For, I'm thankful for the word that you, you spoke to us. Thank you for illuminating our hearts. And I pray that, Lord, that you would put uh, just a powerful blessing upon them today. Lord, that you would open up uh, their eyes to see 
that wonderful light that you've called them into. Lord, whatever darkness surrounds them, whatever uh, dark thoughts, whatever uh, uh, spiritual wickedness or powers in the high places would attack them or their families or theirs they love, Lord, I pray freedom and deliverance for them today. I pray a breakthrough in their lives, Lord God, that you would pour out your blessings, Lord, that you would send, even send those ministering angels to them, God, and help them with exactly what they need today. Father, I thank you for these wonderful people, and I pray your blessings over them the rest of this day and through this week. Thank you that you lead us in victory, Lord, and no matter what comes our way, you are with us and you choose us each and every day. Grow our faith in Christ. Grow our relationship with in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Guys, grab a 30-day devotional on your way out. Make sure everybody gets one. I, you are loved. We'll see you next, uh, next Sunday. We thank you for listening to this Sunday service webcast from Cornerstone Church of Parker in Parker, Colorado. We hope that His truth has enriched your life and inspires you to greater works in God's kingdom. We invite you to worship with us in our Sunday morning service or join in our other ministry events posted on cornerstonechurchofparker.org. Cornerstone Church, built on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ and connecting people to God, each other, and to our world.